This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. You know, many Canadians suffer through infertility and many of them suffer silently because they're not always comfortable talking about this and and their struggles with the issue. In fact, it's estimated that one in six Canadian couples are affected by infertility issues. Well, this is Canadian Infertility Awareness Week. It's taking place from April 22nd through to April 28th. So we had some questions. We wanted to talk about misconceptions around infertility as well. So joining us now is Dr. Sonia Kashyap, who is with the medical director at the Vancouver's Genesis Fertility Center. Dr. Kashyap, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on the show. This is an important thing to talk about. Is it, are we getting better, do you think, at discussing this openly? You know, I think we are. Um, Canadian Infertility Week in particular, last year the theme was um, let's uh, start the conversation. This week it is share your story. And I think uh, opening up the conversation, having people talk about it in the past, Fertility was associated, infertility was associated with a stigma, which never should have been. It's a medical disease. Uh, It's not anybody's fault. It's a reality. Um, But I think now with the conversation opening and people being able to share and ask for help, more and more people are coming forward and therefore being helped and having families as a result of it. So the more open we are, is that you're able to help people more? Yes, I think so. I think, um, you know, there's so many reasons why people don't talk about it. Sometimes, unfortunately, people feel shame. Everybody feels that this is something that they sh- their body should be able to do for them, that they should be able to do with their partner. And when it doesn't work as expected, it takes often time for people to look for help. Uh, sometimes, you know, there are family pressures, cultural pressures, and that can... This like, exacerbate the exacerbate situation. Exacerbate the situation, um, even though people are trying to help. Um, I think talking about it, a lot of people also assume there isn't help for them, that all fertility treatments are expensive. The reality is most people won't require the more expensive fertility treatments. Sometimes it's simply a matter of treating something like polycystic ovarian syndrome, which can be treated without fertility medications, or correcting a thyroid disorder, or optimizing body mass index to facilitate ovulation. Um, But if you do require the more aggressive treatments, there are less aggressive treatments such as insemination, more aggressive treatments such as in vitro fertilization, which no doubt is expensive. But the success rates have come a long way also. Today, under certain circumstances, um, we can achieve success rates of 70 or 80 percent, whereas 20 years ago, those success rates were in the single digits. We at Genesis Fertility Center have many families who have one, two, three, four children from the embryos that were created from one original IVF cycle really? in subsequent pregnancies. But IVF, I mean, that's the other, let's talk about some of the misconceptions then. Uh, when you look at IVF, I, th- I think of a couple things. One, expensive, like you were saying. Yes. But also very emotionally and physically difficult for the mother to go through. You know, that's a, that's a really interesting point. There is no doubt that couples who suffer from infertility or individuals who suffer from infertility, um, it is an, an intense and emotional process. Fortunately, I think that with support, um, with advocacy, hopefully with the right team in place and understanding expectations in your prognosis, that can help a lot. I often say to my patients, you know, from point A to point B, there's a lot of ups and downs, but usually there's a solution and usually there's one way or another to get to point B if we can manage those ups and downs. Right. 
The other thing that's interesting is that many of our, our patients who come to us with infertility have already been disappointed. They've been trying. Maybe they've tried treatments elsewhere often. Um, and so they are already feeling overwhelmed and emotional and raw. It's interesting that women who present for fertility preservation through egg freezing, they have a different journey. They seem to feel far less emotional and far more empowered and proactive. But they're probably not tired and kind of beaten down by the process. They haven't gone through that emotional roller coaster. Exactly they're right. at the beginning of their journey as opposed to women who are coming to you with struggles. Yeah, you're exactly right. I can see how that works. Now, you mentioned egg freezing there. Is this something that has really kind of taken off in the last 10 years? You know, it has. It has and it hasn't. So, uh, yes, um, the technology for egg freezing has come a long, long way. It's there now. Um, there are many ways to do it. The egg is the largest and most water-laden cell in the body, and for that reason, it's been difficult to freeze, unlike sperm that we've been freezing for decades. Um, and so it's really been more easily accessible and available probably in the last five to seven years in Canada, a little bit earlier than that elsewhere. Success rates vary according to technique, Clinic. So it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. You can't just be like, I'm going to freeze these and not, not worry about it. No, anything. and that's super important. I'll always say fertility is a functional diagnosis. Whether your numbers are high or low, until you try, you don't know if you'll have trouble. The caveat to that is for women as we age, our egg quality and egg number decline. And so fertility rates do decline as opposed to men who continue to make sperm every two to three months. Of the same quality. More or less. More or less, yeah. More or less. Um, and so while egg freezing is not a guarantee, it is the best thing we have to take our prime reproductive years with us. And so if we freeze our eggs at age 30, for example, the prognosis for those eggs will always be the same as they were at age 30. Right, but is it expensive? It is expensive. So it is in the range also of about seven to $8,000 plus medications. Storage is fees- Is that a one time? Yeah, exactly. What's the storage fee? Yeah, the annual storage fees are about 350 to $500 a year. Um, and in current day dollars, if you were to use those eggs in the future, um, it's probably about $4,000 to thaw them, fertilize them and use them. So you're looking at, you know, $10,000. Yeah, maybe um, depending on the circumstances and how much medication someone requires about that, maybe a little bit less or a little bit more. One thing that's interesting is that there was a study that was done that showed that if you freeze eggs under age 35, you could avoid three IVF cycles at age 40. But most people aren't thinking about it under age 35, at no. least not here in Vancouver or perhaps even in Canada. Um, I trained in New York at Cornell University Medical College, and I worked in San Francisco at the University of California, San Francisco. What's very interesting in those areas is that egg freezing has really taken off. Really? Partly because uh, a lot of the uh, fin financial tech companies or technology companies have benefits, so even if the medications are covered, that helps. Or if part of the cycle fee is covered, that helps. Um, and so it has become, in those areas in Southern California too, something that people just do. It beca it's become a norm. Is it like norm. a fashionable thing? Uh, I think it's become a, a norm. I think people, the most common reason that we see that people come to freeze their eggs is not because they want to delay their family. It's not because they want to focus on their career or their education. It's because maybe they focused on their career or education that they lack a partner. And so they're just not ready to do this yet. Well, and so if, if, you know, if they're 35, 36, 37, maybe a relationship just broke up, maybe they haven't found a partner yet. And they're starting to realize that women do have a biological clock 
And so this is one way that they can take some of that pressure off. Understanding it's not a guarantee. It's right. not a good idea to freeze them and forget about them. Whatever the circumstances are, uh, it will always be easier sooner. So once you're ready, we don't recommend that people you know, just wait because if you're 43 when you come to use those eggs and they don't work, the options are different. There are still options, but they're different. Right. It's just so hard, I would assume, for women to make that choice because if you're 28, 29, 30, you're, th- you're probably not even thinking about that at this point. Like you've still got, you've, you're thinking you still have lots and lots of time. Yeah, most, you're, you're right. Most people are thinking that way. Um, and so that's why most of the people who present for egg freezing do so after age 35, probably on average at about 38 or 39 even. Wow. Okay. Lots, lots to think about here. So the technology to do all this, is that also getting better and better? The technology has improved leaps and bounds over the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, That's why under certain circumstances, most of the data for egg freezing comes from frozen eggs, from women who are donating their eggs. Most of these women are under age 30 and their eggs have been uh, procured and are stored in egg banks and um, are used by uh, couples or women who don't have their own eggs. Success rates under those circumstances can be as high as 60 to 70% per embryo transfer. So egg age is a key factor, obviously, but also the technique that's used to store and freeze the eggs is also a big factor. Wow, this is so much information to take in. Uh, Where is a good place for people to go if they've got questions? Great. So we have um, every second Tuesday night of the month at Genesis Fertility, we have information nights. Um, And so our website, www.genesis-fertility.com, Uh, has that information and we welcome you to come and ask your questions. Um, You know, we're very fortunate in Vancouver to have terrific family doctors and obstetricians and gynecologists and fertility consults are covered. So you might first start with your family doctor. Um, And if you have more questions, they may refer you on to one of the fertility clinics in Vancouver. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. That is Dr. Sonia Kaship, who's the medical director at Vancouver's Genesis Fertility Center.